Hey, welcome into the latest edition of Chalk Talk from the Denver Pioneers as we have hit the month of November and we are uh, headed into postseason play for Denver women's soccer and thrilled to be joined by the head coach of DU women's soccer, Jeff Hooker, who joins us uh, today on a chilly day on campus and elsewhere around the, the Denver area. Coach, what's going on? How are you? Good to see you. Uh, pretty good today. Um, it was, I tell you, it was super nice having a day off, you know, uh, uh, we, we gave our team, did a little recovery Monday. Uh, we did some day, but we didn't train or anything. Um, so it was, it was a nice personal family night last night, you know, not really having to grind anything out or, you know, get ready for a training session, you know, or anything like that. So, uh, it's, it's been, um, and, and, and when you win, it helps, right? So, uh, it's, it's been an uh, enjoyable weekend, and the last couple of days have been great. Coming off of a Halloween victory over South Dakota State at home and uh, rolling into postseason play. Coach, you guys uh, coming into this final stretch of the kind of regular season, now kickoff of postseason, uh, an unbeaten mark in league play at 8-0-1. Uh, the one draw with South Dakota, we'll talk about that coming up here in a little bit. But for your team, for your program, this is now four straight conference titles in the regular season of the Summit League. Um, that continued success and the continued high standard that your program aspires to reach and reaches year after year. What does that mean for you as a head coach? Well, it means we're getting lucky. That's what it means. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's nice to have, you know, the seniors um, and some of the fifth year seniors go out like this, you know, of having um, tasted and shared in that success and all the camaraderie. Um, you know, we, we honored those guys on Sunday after the game and uh, you know, they were, they were just so grateful, you know, for the time here um, and, and so that kind of puts it all in perspective. You know, they, they come in here, you know, little girls and they leave, uh, you know, young women, you know, and it's, it's really great. Uh, it's a really great transition to see uh, for them. So that, that was a real enjoyable day on Sunday. Yeah, for your program and having that senior leadership, your your fourth year seniors now get to lead their careers, having won a regular season title in every year. And I know you had 10 seniors, two grad students, um, but the legacy that they passed down now to the juniors and the sophomores and the freshmen, how does it um, impact your program when you've got a group of leaders uh, in those higher classes, in your upper classes, the tone they set, the leadership they provide, and what that does to continue, um, you know, creating some of the success in the program? You know, it's great. And it's, um, we, we, we have separate meetings about that, right? We have a, a meeting with the underclassmen and, and one with the, uh, with the upperclassmen. Um, and when we talk about those things and we talk about emulating things that we, that we'd like changes, uh, possibly in the future, you know, of other things. Um, and you know, what we try to do with the younger ones is tell them, look, if you think there's a, a new way of doing stuff, a new great idea to have, it doesn't always have to be the same, right? Because traditions change. You have different players who like, you know, certain restaurants, you know, and you're always going to an Outback or a Chili's or whatever. And then you have that next group, once they graduate, they're like, we hate that restaurant, you know, <laughs> and we'd like to do something a little different. Uh, but they, you know, this senior class, they've really, they, they've led by example, you know, and it's really easy to, to uh, you know, to kind of follow along because there's so much confidence in what they do um, from the younger ones um, and the standards that they continue to set, you know, ha have been great throughout the season. 
Coach, you've got uh, obviously some stars on this group individually, and I know the the collective unit is uh, is the important thing. But some performances to highlight: Sydney Sharp this year is the only player in the country uh, who has scored in fourteen different matches, and she's added such a different dimension for you on the attack. And I know, in addition to what you already knew, you had Sammy Feller and Natalie Beckman. This group um, to have such consistency, but especially to be able to to equate to performances like what Sydney has had this year. What has she added uh, as an offensive dimension for your? group this season um I think she's become a little bit more coachable to be honest uh, we were we were joking about that this morning um because she is um she's a fierce competitor right and um sometimes you can't tell her how to do things especially when she's having success and so we 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 have to find the right way to you know say it to her and 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 present it to her and she's really opened up this year to that um it's been super coachable we've worked on the the finer points of her runs, um, how to how to get free, which which part of the body to take the ball with, um, how to stay on balance for finishing. Um, so you know, I, I, the, the coaching staff will probably take a little bit of credit, but I just think she is big, strong, fast, and smart, right? And she's just she's flourished this year. You know, um, she wasn't able to dominate, you know, her freshman and sophomore year like she is now, um, you know, individually and physically. Um, but she's added the element of, of intelligence to her game. And so, she, you know, you have an intelligent player who's big, strong and fast and knows how to play the game now. And, you know, is she, she wants to win. Right. She's and she, she's a fighter. So those things are all coming together this year. And I think, um, you know, along with having Natalie maturing and Sammy maturing, you know, and uh, the, the midfield behind her, you know, playing very, very well this year. Um, she's been the recipient of, of the goals. Let's talk about this past weekend since uh, you've got a couple of matches that are fresh in your mind. And we'll start um, with the the Friday draw against South Dakota. Now you're going to see South Dakota again on Thursday in the conference semifinal, which is a fascinating sort of turnaround. But um, when you look back on Friday in that draw, it's the only unbeaten uh, or the only winless um, result for your team since September. What, what did you take away from that? And especially knowing that you'll see them again now and we're recording this on Tuesday, you're a couple days away from it. Um, what were your biggest... Um, um, points of emphasis coming out of that now leading into the semifinal. You know, I it was our it was our first game playing without Sammy Feller, who's a who's a big part of you know it's a, our, our best athlete right in in one of the um, most prominent positions playing in the attacking mid there the the number ten you know and so uh, it, it was a little bit of adjustment not having her defensively and having her uh, defensive presence athletic presence. Um, so it took us a while to adjust to that. You know, we, we had a couple decisions to make, you know, were we going to push Glover in her position and then start uh, Vanessa in there or Ellen there or another midfielder had a Hyatt in there, which then, you know, you're switching two different players. So we went with a one for one switch and put uh, McKenna Denenhauer in there and it took a while to things to kind of get going. Right. And, and we were, I didn't think we were, we were very sharp to start the game with a little indecisive, you know, not really on the front foot, um, you know, trying to do too much of the ball. Um, and we just, we, we just didn't settle into a groove on the day like we did on Sunday. And that's what we talked about on Saturday is going in there is, um, you know, we struggled the first 10 minutes on, on Sunday. Uh, but after that, we, we were back to being ourselves again. So, you know, that Friday game, um, I, I felt like a bad coach on the day. I, I felt like I couldn't fix my team. Um, I felt like every move I made was the same. It didn't really have an effect on the, on the play. Um, so, 
you know, when you have a game like that and you're not at your best and you don't lose um, as a coach, you just kind of have to, you have to take that and be happy and get on with the next day. Well, and you did that uh, on Sunday and you've got a, a whole lot of things that play into Sunday as a senior day, um, which can always kind of go one or two ways of the emotion on senior day. And not only that, but it's a, a first place versus second place matchup. You need a win or a tie in that matchup uh, against South Dakota State. And I know you said the first 10 minutes, you didn't feel necessarily like everything was was clicking. But by the end of that game, I honestly looked at the at the box score and thought, well, there's no way that this stats uh, line is right. 18 to one in shots uh, in total in that matchup against South Dakota to say I mean it really seemed like everything came together coming out of Sunday what did you feel best about especially in light of the fact that a couple days earlier things weren't necessarily clicking I, I felt the best about a couple things when I woke up I think getting the second goal um, allowed us to do you know a, a lot of different things and have a little bit of rope there um, to, to play some different players to rest some of our injured players um, but when, when we went back and we, we watched a little bit of that film today when we were good and there was maybe a two-minute span where we had the ball the whole time, right? And they, they had a couple kind of semi-clearances. And as they cleared the ball, we picked it back up and knocked it around again. Same thing again. They poked the ball away. We picked it up, you know, and, and we did that for some good moments of the second half. Um, the, the second thing was I, I was impressed. We had our basically our, our second 11 in there almost. Um, and the integrity of the game, the game that we were playing stayed the same. They just continued to knock the ball from one side of the field to the other. Um, they kept pressing. They kept creating chances. And normally what happens is you're not as good defensively, right? Because those players don't play together all the time. And, you know, they're, they're not maybe as prominent, you know, as, as far as defending together and, and things like that. But to not give up a shot and play 23 players in the second half, um, that, that to me was the most impressive thing that that team did. I felt like a good coach but I didn't feel like I really did anything. <laughs> I felt it was all the players doing that, but at least I, I felt like a better coach on Sunday than I did on Friday. Well, let's talk about this week coming up. Summit League Tournament starts on Thursday, and for your team, you'll get to host the Summit League Tournament. Uh, the, the benefit of winning the conference title last year in the regular season, you get to host things this year. Um, so to prepare for knowing that you will be at home for hopefully a couple of games and, and uh, a chance to play for a conference tournament championship, what is preparation like this week, knowing that you don't have to worry about traveling you know, today or tomorrow or whatever it is? You're not going to have an off day potentially in a place that you're going to be stuck sitting in a hotel. Um, I would think that there are a lot more easy things going into a home week for, for something like the tournament coming up. Absolutely. You know, the only thing that gets in the way is class, right? Because, because we're here and we have to go to class and nobody else does. So, um, you know, we talked about that today um, with, with the events that we have going on and the, and the meals and the, uh, the team things that we're doing, but it's been a, it's been a super chill week. Um, our, 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 our goals as staff after Sunday's match, we, we saw how, how much they put into it, how much emotion, how much physicality they put, they put into the weekend. And, you know, you're basically playing two of the top four teams um, in, in uh, uh, two, uh, tw two games in three days, you know, so we felt rest and resting their brains and resting their body was the most important thing. And so it's been really chill two days. Our session tomorrow is going to be more like a professional session than anything else. Cause that's kind of how we're treating them this week. It's just getting the bodies out there, going over some set plays, um, you know, doing a little keep away at the beginning, um, getting them some reps with, you know, crossing and finishing and stuff like that. And then getting the back four together. You know, the, the two things South Dakota is very good at. Uh, they're very good in the counterattack 
and then a very good with set plays. And so we're just going to talk about the elements of how do we slow down the counterattack. And they're, they're not necessarily great on the initial um, ball coming in. Like they don't have two players that win every single ball at the time, but they get a piece of it in the secondary balls that drop in they're very very tenacious um, and that's one thing that we didn't give up on Friday which I was proud of my team because you know we had talked about that and working on balls and where they're falling and how we're gonna how we're gonna clear them we're going to clear them too so those are things we'll work on tomorrow you know maybe throw some penalty kicks in there and uh, and have some little fun game at the end and then uh, pick up a balls and, and go home and uh, hopefully have a, a good performance on Thursday. You're the first of two matchups on Thursday. Uh, you guys against South Dakota coming up at one o'clock. South Dakota State and Omaha are the four o'clock matchup. Uh, you got to get through this one on Thursday first, obviously. And it uh, presents kind of an interesting challenge when you're going against a team that you just saw six days earlier. And with Michael Thomas, head coach on the other side uh, for the Coyotes, obviously somebody that you're very familiar with. And I've talked about this a lot um, with you know a couple of coaching staffs over the last several years, especially in lacrosse, when there's been a quick turnaround between the end of the regular season and a conference tournament matchup up a few days later um, but even in basketball last year when we'd have to see du teams go on the road and play the same team in back-to-back nights how much do you have to change uh, or do you attempt to change or at all do you attempt to change when you are going to see a team on thursday that you just played on friday played to a draw um, how much does that alter the preparation for an opponent like south dakota um Two, two answers to that. One, we did that this spring in our uh, non-traditional spring season. Um, so I think we have a taste of that, right? And that was, that was very awkward doing that. That was the first time we ever had to do that. And so I, I think we're a little bit more used to it than we would have been. Um, but secondly, not playing well against them actually helps. It's right? because w- what we have to do is we have to play better. Right. And, and really, that's that's all we need to do. Um, there's a chance we you know, could have Sammy back for part of that game. Sammy Feller, um, that she could play, you know, 10, 15, 20, 40 minutes. You know, we're, we're not going to know that until uh, until the day of the game, you know, and, and, and that would help us. Right. And I just I think, you know, they're going to play the way they play. We're going to play the way we play. And I don't think any coach is going to change the system, the formation, the players. You might tinker with a couple things. Um, you know, we might add a couple um, set plays that we've been saving, um, you know, and things like that. But as far as major taking major swings, I don't think either of us will, will do that at all. All right, coach, final point for you. Some uh, some accolades this season for your team, um, which have come obviously uh, a, a good amount over the last several years with the success this program has had. But Natalie Beckman, Summit League Offensive Player of the Year, Devin McSwain, Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, you're the Summit League Head Coach of the Year. We won't make you talk about yourself. Uh, but to describe what those two players have meant so far this season, what you've been most impressed with from Natalie and Devin this year uh, in terms of just the way they've carried themselves through, you know, not necessarily a normal season, but maybe a return to normal season how do you reflect on their 2021 campaigns you know I think with with Natalie to start with the attack is just her maturity level as she's she's just one of the fiercest competitors you know we talk about uh, other players like Sid Sharp being like that but she's she's a soccer junkie man she'll she'll grab a ball and she's the one juggling after practice you know when you're trying to talk and get everybody in and she just wants to keep going um, and it's great to see all that pay off. You know, she hadn't scored a conference goal for, for a while. You know, she had a million assists and she didn't care, right? She didn't care if she wasn't scoring goals. I mean, it, it bothered her a little bit and she'd joke about it. All she cared was, was about the team being successful and having success. Um, and, you know, 
what does that equate to? It equates to her leaving with the all-time, being the all-time assist leader, you know? And so just that, it's, it's great to see hard work equals success and her unselfishness, I felt um, just, you know, really shine through for lack of better words with Devin. You know, we have, we, we've had Taylor Parker, who's been a five-year starter, right? And we didn't know who was going to be paired with her when, uh, you know, Cheyenne Shorts left. And, and so the first part of the season, it was, you know, center back by committee, right? And so we had, uh, I think Hannah Gallegos played there a little bit. Devin played there a little bit. We flip-flopped. We didn't know who's a better match. Um, and then we ended up deciding on Devin and moving Hannah Gallegos wide. And then Taylor Parker gets hurt, right? And you need to have your captain, and your anchor in the back there get hurt, someone's got to step up and, and pick that up. And, and Devin took the torch. Hannah Gallegos, Gallegos did a great job of coming in and didn't bat an eye and said, this is the position you, you recruited at me initially anyway. So um, that, that tandem has been great. And um, Devin hasn't shied away from anything. Um, she's been physically, she's just been really, really dominant, whether it's been in the air, on the ground. Um, and again, it's, it's nice to see a kid from a little down, you know, from uh, Glenwood Springs, you know, come down and, uh, you know, and, and, and play with the big, big girls, you know, and, and, and have that success the same way her sister did. Pretty awesome stuff. And it has been a, a pretty impressive season so far with much more to come for Denver women's soccer coming up on Thursday. First matchup of this conference tournament conference semifinal against South Dakota coming up on Thursday afternoon at one o'clock and uh, coach best of luck. We, uh, we can't wait to see it this Thursday and hopefully on uh, late into the later parts of the weekend. And uh, we'll see you out there. Best of luck against South Dakota. Thanks. Tal. I appreciate it, man.